You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 251, How to Find Purpose in the Groundhog Day of Life and Motherhood with Sarah Dean. My husband looked at me this afternoon and said, I can't tell if today is Monday or Friday. It was Wednesday, and I totally felt the same as him. All the days right now are merging into one. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and like you, we are home all the time, and it can feel like a Groundhog Day, life on repeat. But I realized when he told me that this afternoon that I've done that before. I've lived a season or two in motherhood where it felt like Groundhog Day every day. And even though I loved and valued what I was doing as then a wholly, completely stay-at-home mom, I still felt this weird sense of lack of hope and purpose and fulfillment in my own life by very nature because of how often it was repeated. So you know what changed for me? It's called differentiation. Now, this is a teacher word for switching things up. And I started to do that more as a mom. Now, I would do that with my kids. We would go to a new park. We would try a new craft. Um, But then I really narrowed down on doing some differentiation for myself. I tried new hobbies. I read books I was interested in. I sewed things I wanted to sew. I got really into interior design and baking and all of these things that helped me feel more like myself and added variety and wholeness to my days. Doing so helped me feel like I was living with more purpose in the here and now, instead of just waiting for it to come to me. And that is our theme this month, living with purpose. I know that many of you out there struggle with that Groundhog Day feeling as well. And whether or not you have kids, I know this episode is going to help you. And that's why I asked Sarah Dean to be on the show. She is a podcaster and coach and speaker behind the Shameless Mom Academy, where she helps moms find their identity again after motherhood in order to live bigger, bolder, and braver. She lives with purpose, my friends. She's just not waiting for it to come to her. I was actually on Sarah's show last week, in fact, and I'll link to that in the show notes for you because it was such a fun interview for me to record with her, and I know you are going to love her. Sarah has become a real life friend, and I'm telling you that she has, in fact, worked so hard on living that bigger, bolder, and braver life every single day, and in the process, she is helping other women do the same, and that's me too. So Sarah today is going to teach us how to find more meaning in the everyday and how to differentiate even within that day-to-day so you can feel a greater sense of purpose in who you are and what you do. And to me, some of the best news here is that it really needs to start with the simplest of things. No need to jump right back into getting a PhD or starting a worldwide charity, unless that totally floats your boat, then please go for it. But ladies, it really can start with good old fashioned hobbies. Sarah says, when you thrive, your motherhood thrives. And that's what we're going to help you figure out today. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. 
This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. I'm in the middle of something I think I've made up, but I probably totally haven't. If I would check the internet, I'm sure it's already there, but it's called quarantine spring cleaning. So if you are in the middle of that yourself and you would love some accountability, you will have a kick in the pants to do a little better job of getting this going, then join our free You Can Get Organized Challenge. If that's familiar to you, it's because we did this back in January to big success. Thousands of people joined the challenge and it was amazing. And it was also a ton of work. And I decided to never do it again until COVID-19 hit. And I decided that it was time to bring it back because it was a wonderful way to help serve this community, to help us find other like-minded people who are trying to get back a little more control and clarity in their mind, space, and time during this time of chaos. So you can join us by going to aboutprogress.com slash organization challenge. And again, it's free. As part of the challenge, I will be giving away three free access passes to my online course, The Organization Overhaul. It's an audio course that I teach alongside 11 other guest teachers. There's 24 lessons, lots of other bonus resources as well. And it's so jam packed. So if you know whether or not you want to do this challenge or not, you want to really take this to the next level in terms of getting your life together with your mind, space, and time, you can also buy the audio course by going to aboutprogress.com slash organization overhaul and get lifetime access at the one year access price point by using the code about progress. That's one word, all caps. Prices are going up on May 1st. So I totally want you to get that before it's too late. Either way, I hope to see you on the free challenge. Let's dive into this interview with Sarah. And before we do, I want to remind you that at the end of every interview that I share with you now, I also tell you my progress pointers from the interview. And this is where I help you distill down what we learned into some ways for you to go and take action and do something based off of what you learned today. I'm Sarah Dean. I'm the host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast. I'm from Seattle, Washington, and I help moms find their identity again after motherhood in order to live bigger, bolder, braver every day. Love it. Okay. That's basically the nutshell, right? Um, So you're a mom, you live in Seattle, you work as a coach and a podcaster, Um, but Mm -hmm. I'm venturing to guess that you know what it's like to feel like your day is on repeat, like every single day is the Uh same day. Um, and a lot of moms really struggle with that feeling like they're living their own groundhog day. And I just want to start with, Hey, can you share what that's been like for you? The own, your own frustration that you faced as you've had a groundhog day, um, time after time, month after month, even year after year and, and just how it affected you. Yeah. For me, it was really hard when my son was really little, Um, Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with a girlfriend and saying every day is the same. And she's like, oh, it was a friend who didn't have kids. And she's like, oh, like every day is Saturday. I was like, no, every day is Monday. (laughs) Like every day is the exact same. And it's always the hardest day of the week. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I had that feeling. And for me, um, I really had to learn how to differentiate days (laughs) in different ways to make them feel uh, purposeful for me because when my son was an infant, like they weren't purposeful for him, you know, it wasn't like he cared about going to the library on Wednesdays or anything like that. Sure. Um, 
So over time, I, I was able to find ways to do that. As he's gotten older, that's shifted so much. Um, and I'm sure you, having such an age range of kids that you do between like school age and non-school age, you know, now that my son is seven, it does feel really different from day to day, week to week, because mm-hmm. he's so much more independent and has different interests that change seasonally and things like that. So I feel like that does shift. But for me in infancy and probably those first three years, um, I did, I did have that feeling and I really had to work within kind of my own schedule and time management skills to make every day feel different and to find things that made each day a little bit fun and exciting and special. Yeah. So there's a few problems going on here. I mean, so much of it is a time and season and it can depend on your kids' ages for sure, or the things that they're doing and your own work or what you're doing at home as well. But then I think I'm centering into what you talked about, feeling like there's a little lack of purpose in how it seems to repeat itself. So how about we kind of go into some tips here about what women can do, whether they're working inside or outside of the home, what can they do to find more purpose within their very lives? You kind of started on some great tips there, but without changing too much, how can they still insert more purpose so that they, they feel like they're, they're living a, a life with intention and that they're seeing some benefits and fruits to their labor instead of just feeling like it's every day on repeat? Yeah. So I think there's a few things that you can do. And there's some things that it took me a while to start doing these things because I felt like I needed to be dedicating all of my time to my family when my son was really young. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I had permission, not that anyone made me feel this way except for myself, but but I feel like I, I struggled to give myself permission to, you know, say to my husband, like, Hey, I'd love to have, you know, Saturday morning to myself or, Hey, you know, Wednesday night, like I'm going to go take myself to dinner and just like, or go to with a girlfriend to dinner. I felt really committed and obligated to be home parenting all the time. Um, and that was just a self-imposed thing for sure. But what I learned over time was how compromising that was for my own mental health. And so I really had to make an effort to have consistent time away from my family, which was really good for my father, for my father, for my son (laughs) and his dad, not for my father, for my son and his dad. And it was really good for me. And one of the things that I ended up doing that um, kind of made this happen organically is I decided to train for a half marathon. And I did that. I had done a lot of half marathons before my son was born and I didn't feel totally ready to do one just quite yet. Um, but as he was getting closer to a year old, I thought, well, this will just be good for me to go do something outside of the house. It'll give me something to focus on, be goal oriented toward. And I, for the first time did a training, a half marathon training program with a group. I'd always done it on my own before and oh my gosh, it was a gift. And I remember the first couple of weekends thinking like, oh, I have to get up early on Saturday and leave the house and it's going to be a pain. Oh no. Like I, after two weeks, I was like, this is the best thing that's happening all week. I don't care. I'll run for three hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so great to just get up and go have conversation with women who were all new to me at the time and just chat with them and run and have snacks. And it was amazing. And that's where I really started to see, get this sense of, oh, I could, I can build something outside of marriage and motherhood that can really feel purposeful. So that's one, that was kind of, for me, that was a light bulb moment when I, when I did that and it felt really good because I felt like I had gone into it thinking it was going to feel really hard and like, I'd have to trudge my way through it. And it actually was amazing. Um, and then another thing I have encouraged moms to do, and this is something I actually did before I had children, but, um, and it sounds so dorky, but I, in, after college, I used to go to Barnes and Noble and I would wander around and just 
find books that I wanted to sit down. And this is like before I could afford to like just buy any books at random. Yeah. I would find books I wanted to sit down and read. And I would sit in Barnes and Noble and read books on also, for me, it was a lot of like psychology, sociology. Those were my majors, a lot of stuff on fitness because I was this aspiring athlete at the time. And I would sit in Barnes and Noble and just read whatever books like felt good to me on a Tuesday night at 7 PM, which is the dorkiest thing for a 25 year old single girl to do. But this help me really engage with like, what do you want to learn about? And what do you have interest in? And I ended up going back to school to become a personal trainer because I was digging into content that gave me space to think about what are you interested in? Like, never mind having a huge purpose behind it, but just what is interesting to you? What do you want to learn about? Um, and so I think giving yourself permission to like go sit and read and, or go peruse a bookstore and things like that really can open up your eyes to things that are a little bit outside of your identity and motherhood. And um, especially if they give you the opportunity to connect with other women as my half marathon training group did, I think that you can quickly start to see the potential for interests and connection and learning and then the cultivation of passions beyond this daily groundhog day that you're describing. And that can be a tremendous relief to a mom who's feeling really stuck. You know, so I would center this back to a question I kind of heard you saying between the lines, what are you missing? That's what women can consider. So what are you missing? Are you missing excitement? Are you missing being outside? Are you missing your brain? You know, are you missing connections yeah. with others? And that's where you start. And you might not have the perfect answer in mind. And that's what I think stops a lot of women thinking, well, I need to know exactly what is the right thing to do if I'm going to take time away from my family. And the opposite really is true like I just been hearing you say, it's in the doing that you figure out what are your interests and what your passions are. And you never know where they will lead you if you just give them the chance to, to cultivate. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even for me in podcasting, like it started out as a hobby. I was like, I'm just kind of curious about this. I think it would be kind of fun. This was not like, how can I go build a whole business? At the time I had a different business. I was a gym owner. Um, and I just got curious about, I think this might be fun for me. This might be a good hobby. And so I think that there's a lot of push right now to pursue things for the sake of like building an empire around them. And yes, sure, it's like, that. like and yeah, and by all means, like I don't want to discount that at all because that's what I'm doing. But of course. but I don't think it start out as that. I think it's okay mm -hmm. for something to start out as like I just want to learn how to knit. <laughs> you know, I have a, a friend of mine in Chicago who had a group of girlfriends and none of them knew how to knit, and they just decided to like start this mom's knitting knitting circle and she's like, it's the most fun thing we do every week. And none of, it was that. just like, we all wanted to come together and learn this. And then if you want to like go build a business around the knitting circle, have at it, but it's okay to just get curious and give yourself some space to try new things. And I think if you can also connect with other people in this at the same time, that's like an additional layer of gifts there. Mm -hmm. So we can't downplay the power of good old fashioned habits or not habits, right, hobbies, right? Hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't ignore that. This is, these matter. These are what bring the differentiation to life that we are currently not experiencing right now. Um, let's speak yeah. to that mama who's just has no clue. They, they hear what we're saying and they believe us, but they, they don't believe that they are interested in anything anymore. It's been too long. Yeah. Where should they start? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good question. So I want to start with a little story about that because this came up for me early on after I started the podcast, I was doing some coaching with a woman and her son, she had two sons in their twenties and the second one was about to leave the house. So one was already out of the house. The second one was leaving. And she was like, I have only made dinner for other people my whole life. I don't even know what I like to make 
for dinner because I've never made dinner or in over 20, I think it was like in 24 years, she's like, I haven't made a dinner considering what I like first. It's always been like, oh, it's for this child or for my husband or for someone else. And it was so eye-opening to me that this woman, she's like, I'm so lost. I don't even know what my favorite color is. Like, we're going to paint the living room and I don't know what color to paint it because she'd been so dedicated to her kids. And of course that there's so much beauty in that for Mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. But to your point, like you, you don't know what you like and you're, you don't even know where to begin. If someone says, what are your hobbies or what would you like to do as a hobby? And that can feel kind of terrifying and kind of depressing. And there's a lot that can go with that. Cause you do can, you know, you can really feel that sense of loss around like, who am I and who have I let myself become that I don't know who I am anymore. And so I think we have to look at dialing back into past interests that we've maybe had things that we're curious about that we see other people doing, maybe things that we've always thought like, well, someday I'll get, you know, in retirement, I would love to get into photography. Like just things that have always been like on the back burner kind of a thing and giving yourself permission to explore them now. Um, and I think that there's ways that you can do that in lighter commitment ways. And so it might be like doing, you know, something that you decide to explore with a friend learning together. It might be something that you sign up for a class for, or, you know, it could be as big as like, I'm going to start a podcast or things like that. But I think that you can, um, I think you need to give yourself some space to explore. And so I love, I mean, like I talked about the idea of if you had to go into Barnes and Noble, like what section would you be attracted to? Like, I know if I went into Barnes and Noble, cause I still do this every now and then, but like, I'm going to go to self-help. I'm going to go to New York times bestsellers. Cause I want to know what everyone else loves right now. And I'm going to go to psychology. Like that's just what I'm innately drawn to. And so then when I look at hobbies, I'm like, Oh, well, these are I can kind of get a sense of what I am interested in just based on the section of the bookstore I want to go to. Um, and so that for me, and then I can nuance that down even more into like things along the lines of, you know, self-help for women and feminism and things. So then I'm, that can easily dovetail into, oh, so I want to start a podcast. What do I want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about like women's identities and feminism and like all these things, like the actual things I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, starts with giving yourself that space to be, um, to, to give yourself permission to be creative and to, um, think about what you're naturally drawn to and to think about what are those things that you're thinking like, Oh, I'll take up golf when I'm 70. Well, could you take it up now? Like if you're, if you think you're going to be interested in 40 years, could you be interested now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think some exploration around that can be really helpful as well. Let's take a little break here to share about our sponsor for this week. Now, I want to just back up and tell you when I was really in that groundhog day of motherhood, one of the things that really helped me a lot was therapy. I had already done therapy years before and I thought I was good until I came face to face with my Groundhog Day demons and realized that I needed another way to gain back the wholeness that I was missing. This can be so tricky to do though, especially if you are not one to ask the neighbors, hey, who's your therapist? Or who's a great counselor that you would advise about the depression I'm feeling or some grief I'm going through or some self-esteem issues? What you can do, and I so wish we had this resource eight years ago, go to BetterHelp. This is an online counseling service that is there for you. It helps you connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Not to mention it is so convenient and everything you share there is completely confidential and safe, just like any other therapist. 
Now, I want to tell you that you can get 10% off your first month by using the discount code about progress. That's one word, all caps, by going to betterhelp.com slash about progress. And what you do when you go there is you simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. And by the way, there's four different communication modes. They have text, they have chat, they have phone and video, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. So if you want convenient, professional, and affordable therapy, go to betterhelp.com slash about progress and use the discount code about progress to get your first month with 10% off. I'm sitting here thinking we need to have some kind of challenge for all the listeners here. Go to Barnes and Noble. It's the Barnes and Noble challenge. Go to Barnes and Noble or whatever bookstores around. And if you really don't know where to start, do that little exercise and see where you find yourself. What sections are you in? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we should just formally make that a challenge. And I would love to hear what people come up with. Um, So there's that. And you know, the other thing I'm realizing is something that we do is we, it strangely feels more comfortable to be stuck in our excuses of lack of options. Like I can't do that because this, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Um, my, my partner won't like it. My kids will suffer when really those are just excuses that enable us to stay stuck because it feels a little less scary being stuck. Oh, right. We do this to ourselves. Yeah. So what should we do, Sarah? Yeah, that's it. Like, what should we do about those dumb excuses and and how we limit our own options? I actually just did a keynote talk on something around this where I talked about women getting stuck in, we get stuck in our own secret lies and our secret lies can mean a million different things. And a lot of it is around like, I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not smart enough, or it's past my time, or I can't do that now that I'm a mom. We have all sorts of constructs in our heads that we've made up and we often don't share them with anyone. And because we feel a little bit ridiculous that we actually believe them, we feel shame that we believe them, all sorts of things. But what ends up happening is we feel very stuck because of these secret lies that are holding us back. And so what I tell women is pick your pain. So to your point, absolutely. If you, you can choose to stay stuck and there is some comfort in that over time though, I really strongly believe that there is a dissatisfaction, a dis-ease and resentment and regret that build up that Mm -hmm. cause a lot of pain especially when you see other people moving forward. And if you're like me, you get FOMO and you're like, hold on, but like they're doing these cool things and I'm sitting over here stuck. There's pain that comes with that. There's also pain that comes with growth for sure. But on the other side of the pain that comes with growth, there's something really magical. So you get to pick, do you want to sit back here and hold on to what you think is comfortable that's actually like slowly wearing you down and grating on you and making you feel less than and worse about yourself every day? Or do you want to go into this place of, I feel really uncomfortable. Like I just signed up to run with people for a half marathon. I was terrified the first day I showed up for that running group, but I feel uncomfortable with this thing, but I'm going to do it because I think there might be something good for me on the other side. Mm -hmm. Both of those are uncomfortable. So you have to pick your pain and look more toward where do I want to be? Do you want to be the woman with two 20 something year old sons that have moved out of the house and you don't know what your favorite color or your, or your dinner of choice is? That's not, that's pain right there. So I think we have to kind of look at that bigger picture and recognize that what we are doing to stay quote unquote comfortable right now is not actually that comfy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I had a guest, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Five. She's been on my show several times, but she said this on another podcast I was listening to that she was on called Next Level Life. And she said, you can have the discomfort of not growing or you, ha- you can have the discomfort of growing, either productive totally. discomfort or unproductive discomfort. Which do you choose? And I don't memorize anything. And that quote, I have been able to memorize <laughs> word for word because of what you just said. Like you choose, choose yeah. your pain. Which one's going to carry you forward to who you want to be? And sometimes that means doing the things that seem hard, really hard right now that are, well, not even sometimes. I think it really is choosing to lean into that discomfort because of who you, mm-hmm. you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's and for who you want to be and who do you not want to be in 20 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's what we have to look at is I'm obsessed with my child. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm already heartbroken that he won't at some point day. He's, and we probably all feel this way. Like I'm, I imagine him leaving, you know, going, leaving for school or to move out independently. And I'm like already heartbroken about it. Yeah. But I also know that I can't be so obsessed with him that I have nothing to live for when he's gone. And so yeah. I'm, I'm aware of that now he's seven, <laughs> but I'm already mm-hmm. like, okay, I have 11 years. Like, what am I doing after 11 years? Because I don't want to be devastated when he's gone. I have to have more of my life than, than him, even though he is such a central piece of my life, obviously. Yeah. And I'm, I just never could have imagined that I would have adored him so much, but this is like, I, I refuse to be lost without him as well. And so I'm looking ahead to 11 years from now, where do I want to be? <laughs> well, and in, in the end, it's better for our kids too, right? To yeah. be able to have that, their own independence and identity separate from our own and not needing to hold us up anymore and our own identity. Right. So let's speak to this a little bit more in particular. What should we say to those women who feel that shame creep in when they're thinking about themselves a little bit and they're trying to think, well, what am I interested in? What am I attracted to? And they have this, this thought that says you're selfish. How is this mm-hmm. the opposite of selfish, especially for those kids? Yeah. So this is such a good question. And I'm going to say something that's controversial. And so people can take it and run with it if they love it and ignore it if they don't. But there's a lot, there's a whole construct around mom guilt. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think the shame comes in and the feeling of quote unquote selfishness comes in. And I believe that mom guilt is a social construct designed by the patriarchy. So that basically the moms have been conditioned to feel like they should be everything to everyone at the expense of themselves. And this is a conditioning thing. This is not like there's, there's all the space in the world for men to be dads and have careers and play golf every weekend and have beers with the guys on Thursdays, all the space in the world. And never, never is anyone like, do you feel bad? Like you're missing Susie's soccer game every Saturday. It -hmm. doesn't happen. And so I don't deny at all that moms actually feel very guilty. I think that that feeling of guilt is very real but I want us to look at where is that coming from? Because it's coming, I believe it's coming from conditioning that we've been taught and programmed around that we should feel guilty. And so that mm. doesn't mean that you're not going to feel conflicted at times. I absolutely feel conflicted at times, but I really try, if I feel guilt creeping in, or I feel shame creeping in, I try to check it and think, am I doing something that a man would never be questioned about? And if that's the case, then I'm going to go ahead and do that thing because I deserve that. I also think about if my child was in my shoes, what would I say to them? And I think about this, like my mom and I have conversations around this where my mom's like, I can't believe the things that you're doing. And this is so amazing. I would have never dreamt this up for you. And I'm so proud of you because this is not what you were modeled. 
And she's like, the things that you've been able to build have been so great. And this is what I want to be able to say to my son too, is you, you went and you did that thing that you really wanted to do. And you did things that you constantly did things that lit you up. My mom was in a career that did not light her up. She loved it for the first 30 years, the last 12 years, she could have been done. And so, but she, and she, know she looks back and she's like, I should have changed careers. And I didn't have it in me to do that. I just stayed in that one spot. So I think when we look at what would we tell someone else to do, what would we tell our children to do? Or what would we tell our partners to do? And how would we frame that around their value to say like, you're worth it. You're worth it to go do the thing you really want to do. You're worth it to take time to yourself. You're worth it to have a hobby, to have an outside interest, to build a new identity. We would give that to our partners and to our children all day long. And so Mm -hmm. when we don't give that to ourselves and we have to look at why is that? Why are we not honoring ourselves the same way we would honor our partners or our girlfriends or our best uh, or our children? Um, And I think that that's where we have to, once we can start reframing it, then we can look at like, oh, wait, maybe I could go do the half marathon training group on Saturday mornings. Yes. And and the nice thing about this is we get to choose. I mean, this is not us and, you know, I'm, I'm all into feminism as well, but this is not a, you know, you have to join the workforce. You have to be an entrepreneur and nor is it, um, don't worry about your kids. This is more what really is you. And leaning yeah. into that, and at the yeah. same time thinking ahead of what would future you, what regrets would that person like you to avoid, and yeah, and for some of us that might mean taking a little more time out of the home, and others of us it might mean that we're working less, um, and, and only we can know what that's going to look like. And either right. way, it's going to take courage to lean into that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I love your point about also like if you want to stay home and not work, or you want to like. I don't think that everyone, every woman or mom needs to be about the hustle and the building and the growing the thing all the time. Like if you want to stay home with babies for four years, 10 years, 18, like absolutely do the thing that lights you up and then shamelessly do the thing that lights you up. Mm -hmm. And if you decide to stay home, like be the best pesto maker or the best gardener, the best, like, you know, photography of your kids or whatever the thing is that makes you feel really good by all means. Like I, I don't think that you have to always be aspirational outside the home. I think that it can really go either way, but lean into it in a way that allows you to thrive and grow and have an identity within whatever kind of construct you decide you opt for. Exactly. And you know, Sarah, I think you and I are pretty similar in our personality and, and, and what we value. And so we're doing this this way because this is what we know is our true selves, you know, calling to us and, and, and what we want to do. Um, but it's never going to look the same as someone else. So I love that we're, we're anchoring back to what are you missing? What do you, what regrets do you want to avoid? And what would you say to your kids or your best friend? What would you give them permission to yeah. do and try and give that permission to yourself? The last thing I want to talk to you about is how anchoring into our own identity and finding purpose within our lives, both inside and outside of motherhood how that actually expands our capacities as moms. How has this been the case for you? And how has this been the case for the women that you have worked with? Mm, Good question. So I know that I had a dream of being a stay-at-home mom and I built my previous business, my gym, I built it to be really self-sustaining so that by the time my son was here, that it could really run on its own and I could just stay home with him for all his days. And then he was born Mm -hmm. and we started that process and it was not my jam. (laughs) So what I realized was how compromised my identity felt when felt, uh, or my identity felt like when I was 
only solely responsible for taking care of him all day and did not have another purpose in the world. Um, and that just for me, like, I didn't realize that that was such a huge part of me. I thought like I could build my gym and then just like let someone else run it and I'd be good. And I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and so what I found for myself was that I had to recognize what makes me feel full and complete. And so when he was about four months old, we brought um, a nanny on part-time. And at first I felt awful about it. I didn't, I felt like it was like a very selfish move. We had the means for me to stay home and kind of run this business very, very part-time, like while he was napping and I was opting not to do that. But what I realized over time and over the course of a couple of years was that when I'm on with him, I'm so good, but I can't be on with him all the time and be so good. Mm -hmm. And so I need to compartmentalize in different ways so that I can shine in all of the spaces. And so when I am thriving as a coach, as a speaker, as a podcaster, then I am also thriving as a mom. And mm. that doesn't mean that it's sometimes it's super hard. Like I'm not, there's definitely times where I'm like, you know, replying to emails in my head thinking about like, Oh, as soon as I get to my computer, I need to do this thing while I'm also trying to play star Wars with him. Yeah. But for the most part, it really allows me to thrive in all areas when I get to have my own outlets. And so for me, that looks like having my business. It looks like getting up in the morning and doing a morning routine before he gets up. And if he gets up during that, he knows like this is mom's time. Um, and so there's these different parts of my component or uh, parts of my identity that he knows are mine. And then when I'm on with him, we are so good together. And I, and I know that he's going to remember that. I know he's going to remember how locked and engaged I can be. And I didn't feel like I had that when he was really little and I was trying to just make it all about him and us the whole, all the time. I felt like I just was a shell of myself and it yeah. didn't, it did not feel good. And so, and that's different for everyone, but for me, it really had to be that I had to recognize what makes me, what is my best use of my purpose. And then that, and if I'm being honest about that and leaning into that and owning that and embracing that, then I get to be in my best, be my best self to every, to all the other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And you know, the last thing I would note on everything we've talked about today is the need to make peace with trade-offs. No matter what we yeah. do, there will be trade-offs. You know, we can mm -hmm. be that dedicated stay-at-home mom all day, every day, or we can be the dedicated career woman too. And no matter what, yeah. and anything in between, every single day we have to make trade-offs, what choices we make in the moment. And, and we can't make them all at the same time. It's impossible. And we have to make peace with yeah. that. And I think the biggest thing I want people to take away from what you just said, Sarah, is help yourself thrive. Just do what you need to do to thrive as a woman and your, and your whole self so that you can show up the way you want to as a mom. Any other thoughts Absolutely. on that before we say goodbye? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that when we give ourselves permission to be independent beings outside of motherhood and marriage, we create just completely different context for the relation, the most important relationships in our life. Um, I, for a long time, didn't feel bad about my travel schedule. And I recently, uh, or in the fall, I missed my son's first cross country meet of the season because I was traveling. And for the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a really bad mom. Like I'm missing this. Mm. It's a really big deal to him. Yeah. Um, and so that's not to say that you're not going to have these moments of conflict. Um, but I think that if you understand, and I love that you brought up trade-offs, if you understand there's going to be trade-offs, but that doesn't make you less than, and it doesn't make it not mm -hmm. worth it. 
um, that you just recognize like, oh, this is one of those trade-offs that sucks. Like I knew that I knew there'd be a few, this is one of them. Um, and also this is still totally worth it because this is what lights me up. And this is my, this is the legacy I'm building and I'm very intentionally building a legacy. And so being really clear about that, I think, um, makes a big difference in terms of recognizing what my purpose is and how I can make space for my purpose and my family in, in the, at the simultaneously. Definitely. And whether, you know, that means, you know, we're, we're doing stuff outside of the home or we're making a trade off. Like I am, I'm going to read this book because that's what I need to do right now and trading off playing Legos, you know, with a kid, that's a trade off that might be wise in the moment. And maybe the next time it's not. And same with anything we do inside and outside the home. And the reason I keep bringing that up is just because we can get so sensitive about this as moms, because we want to, you know, kind of validate the choices we've made. And we just want to give permission again, that word permission to our listeners here to be happy with the decisions that you've made and we support you. And we also want you to have that same permission to expand yourself in the ways you feel needed. Sarah, I have enjoyed this so much. I would love for people to know where to find you and what you have to offer them. Yeah. So you can find the Shameless Mom Academy podcast on whatever podcast platform you use, wherever you're listening to this right now. And then you can find me online. If you go to shamelessmom.com, that's my website. You can connect with me there. We have a free Facebook group for shameless moms. We have a few thousand shameless moms in there. And if you go to shamelessmom.com slash Facebook, you can check that out. And then I also have a free resource um, for your moms. So if people want a morning routine, a shameless morning routine Ooh, to yes. start their day, kick off the day. Um, and this is a, this is a trade-off. Like you can tell your child, like, Hey, mama needs a minute. Mama's going to write down some goals for the day. Mama's going to do a little bit of reading, take a few minutes to herself just to frame the day. Um, so you can get my morning routine protocol. It's called the 15 minute manifest. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash about progress, we can set that up for your listeners. Thank you so much. And you know what? That actually is a common need for my listeners is wanting to get a better hold on their morning. So I appreciate that so much. There is a super adaptable framework that you can use. So, okay. And that's what we need too. Yes. Love that. Well, Sarah, it's been such a joy to get to know you better. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. I so hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'm going to share my progress pointers from this episode. And if you can't take notes right now, or you know you're like me and you're going to forget tomorrow what these progress pointers even are, you can have access to a graphic of them by signing up for our Go Getter newsletter. And every time I do an interview, you get that in that week's newsletter. And at the end of the month, we collect all the progress pointers from the past month and share them with you. You can do that by going to aboutprogress.com slash go getter. Here are the progress pointers for my episode with Sarah. Number one, ask, What is compromising your happiness and mental health? What are you missing? Two, focus on something outside of your responsibilities that fulfills you, interests you, and sounds fun. Three, get curious about your passions. Four, don't downplay good old-fashioned hobbies. Five, start with past interests, what inspires you, and the when I am old and retired things. Six, do the Barnes and Noble challenge. Figure out which sections of a bookstore you are drawn to. Seven, give yourself permission. You do have options. Eight, pick your pain. Look towards future you and what she would want out of her life. Nine, mom guilt is a social construct. Conflict is different than guilt. Ten, 
What would we tell our kids or our best friends about the same thing? Tell that to yourself. 11, shamelessly do what lights you up. And 12, when you thrive, your motherhood thrives. There we have it. If this episode was helpful for you, please do me the honor of sharing it. Take a screenshot, text it to your bestie or your mom or your cousin or whoever you know needs this. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me so I can say hello and a big thank you. I hope you know that this show only grows because of you. Truly, my hands are tied in so many ways. And what I do my best to do is to make sure that every episode is helping you change in the ways that you are seeking. And the thing that you can do for me in return is share the show. We've got so many great interviews coming for you the rest of this month, and we are going to help you again, lean into our theme of living with purpose. I know that you can do this friends. I know that you have interests on the back burners or hobbies that you want to get back into. And as you do that, you will find more thriving in who you are and in your motherhood experience too. If you haven't checked out last week's introductory episode to this month's theme, I highly recommend it. It's where I tell you way more about the contrast between living with purpose and constantly seeking it. This is where I leave you today with a reminder to keep growing and remember life is about progress, not perfection. You know, a lot of times that, okay, hold on. I totally lost my question because I can hear my kid talking in the background. <laughs> One second. Let me get my head together. <laughs> take, take your time. I wrote down something. So let me see. Oh, okay. Okay.